it's another Sunday night in the USA. 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, time for the Tea Party Show. So all you folks on the West Coast, it's a nice time to listen to the words. 7 o'clock, after the news, you have dinner, sit down, sit down on the sofa. But our main audience is over there in Bollywood. Tea party, they're having tea. Sitting around, opening their eyes, brushing their teeth. Hopefully your Bibles are open to maybe Thessalonians. That's the best place to open your Bibles. Tonight's teaching is the rapture or technically, according to the Bible, scriptures in Thessalonians, Paul uses the word, the gathering together. I am a stickler for the right words when God uses them. But in this case, the rapture, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I will overlook it. Versus the book of Revelations. Okay? So, this is tonight's teaching. It's going to be an eye-opener for you folks. There is nothing accurately taught about the rapture, the resurrection, and the book of Revelation. Nothing, nowhere. You will not hear this anywhere. I guarantee it. It's all in my book, chapter 7, in two parts. I'm thinking of adding an appendix. If I add an appendix to my book, that means my art director doesn't have to have page numbers. He won't be pulling out his hair trying to stick them inside the page numbers. No, it'll be at the end of the book, appendix A. Actually, appendix B. Appendix A is going to be about the... uh, Lost spirits, about the dead alive now and stuff like that. But this teaching is like no other. I guarantee you, when Spotify, when this goes on podcast, the listeners will be sitting eagerly waiting for the second part. I guarantee it. Because part two is even bigger mind blower. The rapture. Did you know Jesus Christ did nothing, not know anything about the rapture? Nothing. He didn't know about the gathering together. He didn't know that we'd be caught up together to meet him in the air. He did not know that. Why? Because it was revealed under the Apostle Paul as part of the mystery. This is where they get it all mucked up. Enlightenment Radio, you can find us on Apple Android, Spotify podcasts, and The Mystical Voyage. The Mystical Voyage is now mysticalvoyage.com. It is now starting to slowly creep up as an island. It's going to go up and up and up. And it's beginning to become a space station satellite one day. That's right. So... The Mystical Voyage is our source. It's our mothership. And on weekdays, we broadcast to the Ukraine, who is getting worse over there. And we'll get into that some other time. But if you want to listen to that Ukraine show, it's on at 11 o'clock, USA time. Well, I'm so happy this 
First of all, Robbie, this is a beautiful, beautiful graphic for this tea party. You've got a picture of Christ. It looks like he's in, on stage, the star of the show. <laughs> There's a song about Jesus Christ being the star of the show. I got to find that. And he looks like he's like that up, up, I got to quit. I'm typing dyslexic. I'm texting dyslexic. But I cannot talk dyslexic or I'll be done. <laughs> he looks like he's appearing in that opera Tommy by the who. They're all following this one leader. And the crowd goes crazy because he's healing people. Miracles are happening. And he walks out on stage and there he is from a shot from behind. A beautiful color shot. And it says, the gathering or the rapture versus the revelations. It's a beautiful graphic. I posted it on my, you know what I like it if I post it on my own Facebook page. I do that to wake up the deadbeats on my friends. <laughs> They're all out there living comfortable. Oh, what? The rapture <laughs> on the show tonight? That ain't going to happen. 87% of the pastors and preachers and churches today do not believe in the rapture. How's that for a statistic? How's that for an opener? They do not believe in it. They don't teach it. They don't want it. Why? Because they don't participate in it. <laughs> That's the best part. They're not going to go. They're going to be left behind. You think those Trinitarian Catholics are born again? Trinitarian, Presbyterians? No. And Revelations, here's the kicker. I might find a couple of videos next week for this part two to show you what they really think. Every, every, about Revelations, the Armageddon, where it is, who it is, who's going to battle it. It's been Russia. It's been China. It's been the Muslims. It's been the Hindus. It's been the Pakistanis. It's even been the hippies. Everybody has been their choice of who's going to fight the battle at Armageddon. We'll be gone. <laughs> what do we care? We'll be gone. I wish I had a Bible in front of me. should have one because I, I had my teaching in front of me. But John says, I was in the day, uh, I was in the spirit, John in Revelations. You know, he was on the island of Pathos in the Greek Isles, exiled when he wrote this. I want so badly to go there. You know what? That has got to me number one on my, I don't like to call it a bucket list because I'm not about to kick the bucket. But if I do, I'll just be, wake up. My, my eyes will wake up. I'll be with the Lord because when you die, you're dead. But you're dead only to the point of when Christ does the hope or the return, it's like there was no time in between. Everybody who's ever lived besides the Lord Jesus Christ right now is dead and in the grave. Trust me. I'm going to walk over. And shut the air off in case it's interfering with anything. Hold on. However, 
if you think the dead are alive now, wait till they, Jesus Christ has a verse where he says, everyone, there's going to come a time when everyone shall hear my voice. Oh, man. Can you imagine? The guy who says, oh, well, this is it. Life is over when we die. Or the new ager who thinks his soul transmigrates into one body to another. Anyway, I, I digress. The first opening of the book of John, we know it's not written to us because the church is not written to us. Because the church has already been gathered together. <clears throat> and he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And one of the main confusing factors in people confusing the rapture, the gathering together with the book of Revelations is the difference in the day of Christ or Christ's day and the difference in the day of the Lord or the Lord's day. They're two different things. And we're going to get into it. So, by the way, I have another intro for you. God bless you. Beautiful. Well, that was Enigma, the voice of Enigma with a little Hindi in there. I hope that lifted your joy a little bit. Well, let's start. Let's begin. I can actually close my uh, soundboard here and go by Chapter 7. If you want to 
go along with me from my book, Christ in a Mystery. I have studied this subject in depth for 45 years. I am not a humble man. You know Mystic Guide is not a humble man. But I'm not an egotist either. It goes, I have a big heart. That's what it is. <laughs> Too big sometimes. It's called Chapter 7, The Quickening, Part 1, The Rapture. The most supernatural event to take place on the planet Earth since recorded history will be the gathering together or the rapture of the church. Then no one can doubt. The greatest surprise will be how many billions will be left behind. And that is my favorite picture of all time representing the rapture. That woman is just turning to like sand grains. That's beautiful. She's twisting around. Well, John said in the book of Revelation, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, the Lord's day does not happen until everything comes after the gathering together. That's how we know we're not in the book of Revelation. Not one I jot or tittle are we in the Revelations. So let's begin with the information that was given to Paul from the mystery by revelation from God and not to Jesus Christ for a reason because it wasn't for the Jews. It was for us, the church. The first revelation given to Paul was the gathering together. That's right. Even though Thessalonians is not the first one written, it was the first revelation given to him. That's in Thessalonians. Now, I have an asterisk here. Let me see if it's worth reading. Oh, I have a, it goes to a uh, Wikipedia in, in the epistle. I'm not going to go to my asterisk. That will slow us down. which is a major distinction from the resurrection. Okay, let me repeat that. To uh, the gathering together, written to Thessalonians, Paul, which is a major distinction from the resurrection characterized in the Old Testament or in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It is also called our hope. Hope is that which we can anticipate in the future, but it's not available to believe for it to come to pass. You can't, you, can't, you can't squeeze your hands together tonight in prayer and go, oh, God, please come back tonight. Oh, Jesus. No, it's our hope. We can anticipate it. Our hope is something that we can anticipate and look forward to, but we can't believe for it. He thanks the believers for their work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing their election of God. We are the elect, not the Jews, not the Gentiles, not the Russians, not the politicians. We are the elect. One must get to the state of their higher conscious of fully knowing as a chosen one of God that we will absolutely be caught up with the Lord in heaven at the beginning of the second coming. At the beginning of the second coming, okay? that we are delivered from the wrath to come, and it is for the dead in Christ. And we who are alive and remaining, that's who it's for. Now, the next verse, 
Wherefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another. Is God's exhortation to us by revelation unto the Apostle Paul and is a major pillar of truth of the great mystery revealed. This is the major pillar, one of them. Well, this is referred to as our gospel, the gospel of God. In verses 1 through 1, 5, 2, 2, 4, and 8, 9 in Thessalonians. Not to be confused with the four gospels, okay? The mystery is our gospel. Some misunderstand the second coming, or the word is parousia in the Greek, as an event that happens all at once. That falling away from the truth was a sign and that it is for all the Old Testament believers as well as the church of the body of Christ. We will dispel these myths, misinterpretations as we rightly divide the word, divide the scriptures contained in the first and second, second Thessalonians due to either faulty translations, overlapping administrations, which are called oikonomia, and especially the end times, teachings, books, movies by false prophets who project what's in the news or world events instead of what's contained in the scriptures addressed specifically to the church. Okay? That's basically the premise of this chapter. Well, just as the first coming was over a period of time, it began with his birth until his final ascension, a period of approximately 30 years. So shall his second coming be over a period of time, beginning with the gathering of his holy ones, the church of the body of Christ, first revealed here in Thessalonians, as Paul exhorts them to sorrow not. Here we go. Be comforted. And sorrow not. Well, what is God telling us? <laughs> Chill out. Don't worry about it. We're not going through the great wrath to come. He reveals in great description in what order, the manner, and who, and timing of this glorious supernatural event that has been of the highest expectation for all creation the full manifestation of the sons of God. And if you want to read about that, it's in Romans 8 that the sons of God eagerly await the universe, the cosmos. It awaits the return of the sons of God so it can be back in order. As I begin this section of the mystery in Thessalonians and read through in with my own clarity and understanding, I realize that this is a massive undertaking to teach when I started this, I went, whoa, how do I teach this? How do I pack in 45 years of my research and teaching into a chapter or two-part two chapter? How do I do that? I couldn't do it. I couldn't have done it. So I had to break it down. I'll tell you how I did it. Putting together what I've been taught, what I've studied, including many outside references, comparing Bible commentaries, recorded teachings, cross-reference scriptures, verses, the volumes of books, some accurate while others outlandish, resulting in the spirit of truth, 
having the final word and arriving at the place where it finally fits together. It has to fit, people. You can't sit there. I cannot find one prophecy teacher who can make it fit <laughs> because they don't know the difference between the resurrection and the gathering together. I'm at the place where I no longer have any conflict regarding the death, the return of Christ, where he will spend, where we will spend eternity, what our glorified bodies will be, and our eternal purpose. All of this has come together for me over the past 45 years. I'm so thankful that as one who began seeking the truth at an early age, I can truly say that God led me to this place and time in his word and blessed me with wisdom and understanding that has given me the confidence to help and hopefully guide others to the ultimate knowledge. That's what makes you an enlightened one, when you understand the ultimate knowledge. So that they, can, they too can see the big picture. However, some days I must realize that the entire world and the return of Christ does not rest on my shoulders. It really doesn't. And I kind of get that way. I think, oh, I'm not doing enough for God. Well, don't think that way. I have to remind myself all the time. This is God's business. Then I have to laugh at the thought of having such a responsibility and rein in my ego, be humbled, and just teach others to share to the best of my ability. I am overwhelmed by the well over 20 points that I wrote down that could be taught and concluded that in order to keep it simplified, let's begin with what I consider the two main sections of Scripture and teach from there. If we eventually cover all points, then that would take an entire book. It really would. Those two main bodies are 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Write this down in your Bibles. The two main bodies regarding this content, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 3. Now, it's understood and obvious by the opening of this statement, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning them who are asleep or who are dead. If they weren't dead, he wouldn't have said that. So why do preachers say they're still alive? They think asleep just means, I don't know, half dead. <laughs> that you sorrow not, there we go again even as others who have no hope, the ones who have no hope aren't born again, people. For if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus or who are dead will God bring with him. Those who are born again and died to be with him. First Thessalonians 4, 13, 14. Asleep is a euphemism for those who are dead. The dead are dead specifically here, the dead in Jesus Christ, and will not come to life again until the return of Christ. Asleep is not a form of death 
as some like John MacArthur erroneously teach. For two verses later, it refers to the dead in Christ, okay? People there is no getting around that death is our enemy. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. If you read that verse, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Well, that is of the devil. And that is, has the ultimate power over all mankind. Hebrews 2.14. Up until the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and even then, there are those in Christ who are dead and in the graves. <clears throat> the graves are Hades. Hades is mistranslated as hell. That's just a stupid translation. It should be translated grave. They're not burning in hell. For this, verse 9. Well, no, there's an asterisk 9. I'm sorry. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Listen, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming, the parousia of the Lord, shall not precede or pre, says present, precede is the word, we won't be before, them who are dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the order. Now we know. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. Are we going to be standing around watching dead people go up in the air? <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like it. My uh, significant other, years and years ago, she had a mystical vision. And she was watching all these bodies rise up and going into heaven. And she started to feel bad and cry and go, God, what about me? And the Lord told her, she says, I, I, have never, I have never done you wrong. I love the Lord. He says, I know. She heard his audible voice. I know. And she starts to go up. <laughs> so it's the dead in Christ who go up first, and then we who are alive who go up next. That's just the order he arranged. Kind of cool, I think. For the Lord himself shall descend with him with a shout. There'll be a trump. Now, that doesn't mean it has to do with any of the trumps in the book of Revelation. You can confuse all the trumps you want. <laughs> Donald Trump, a trump, second trump, third trump. I don't care. This is just a trump. That's, he, he played no trump and bridge. <laughs> Playing bridge. So, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, what? Comfort one another with these words. So I don't know how Paul can get through to these people or to us how, how we are not to go through the great wrath. We're not going to go through Armageddon Revelation and all that. We're gone. And the gathering together is the sign. It's the first sign of the beginning of the end. You know, the, a dog's got a tail, right? Well, where's the end and where's the beginning? 
So you got to start somewhere, but it's not the end of the end. It's just the start of the end, the tail of the dog. Did I make my point clear? So we're not going to go through all of that turmoil and all of that pain that they're going to go through in the book of Revelations. Now, we're going to take a little break, and when I come back, we're going to go through Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We just heard from the mystery exactly how we as the church are going to be taken out. We're before, don't sorrow, don't be discomforted. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 24, which all pastors, teachers, evangelists, pastors, teachers, <laughs> false prophets, new agers, whoever reads Matthew chapter 24 thinks that that is the end of the end or the beginning of the end, and it's not. It's somewhere smack dab in the middle. I mean, he's talking about buzzards eating meat. He's talking about run for the hills. He's talking about you're pregnant. I mean, hide. Paul, did Paul tell us to do any of that? He said, no, no sorrow. Don't comfort. Comfort one another. This is our hope. Our hope is that we're going to be gone and out of here. Even though it seems like dire, and I'm going, we're getting ready to put a dire collage of film together here, me and my co-producer. We're going to put together a uh, film called Idolatry. It's already been written, but we're going to put it to film because people don't seem to want to read anymore. And a podcast. I don't know how we're going to present it. We'll, we'll figure that out. It might be our launch for our TV app. It's Idolatry is the fall, the cause of the fall of Western civilization in America, and the idolatry is the Trinity. It's too obvious. To us who are in the mystery, it's just too darn obvious. Because Solomon and David, father and son, David had many sins, sex, adultery, murder even, but he was considered the apple of God's eye. He never once turned to other gods. That was his number one staple, foundation. Solomon, warned and warned and warned by God, don't go with these strange women, they're idols. Even though Paul, I mean Saul, didn't murder anybody that I know of. He might have had some battles. I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but... His fault was he never repented over worshiping false gods and God, the idolatry. The first stage was division. And he lost Judah. He lost Israel. They split. We'll get back to that in a moment. Then chapter 24 of Matthew, how it's so misunderstood and wrongly divided.
That's Dido, Hurricane, nice version of her new album from last year. So, Matthew 24, let's go through it. It's the quintessential teaching of the church today, that this is how the world is going to end, and they're wrong. Well, wrong yet not wrong that we will go. They're wrong that we're going to go through this. That's what I'm trying to say. This is what Paul's trying to comfort everybody about. Don't sorrow, because I was revealed in my book, Paul says, in my mystery, the first thing that was revealed to the Apostle Paul was to not worry, to not be comforted, to be not worried about the gathering together or the punishment or the world war of Armageddon. I think a third of billion or a couple billion, something, supposed to die in that war. Okay, so in the context, Matthew 24. I'm going to try to keep my mic aligned because I'm reading this from a computer across the room. And Jesus, <laughs> it's only a few feet. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came into him to show him the buildings of the temple. You know, this temple was seven, it was under construction the entire time of the gospel period. So if you see pictures of the temple and nice-looking fountains and everything, it's wrong. It's scaffolding all over the place or building construction all over the place. That's how it really was. And they wanted Jesus to see this. And Jesus is always looking at things differently. <laughs> you, you notice that? He has a different perspective on things. And Jesus said unto them, Well, see ye not all things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. <laughs> they wanted to impress him with his new temple. And as he sat upon a Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. Tell us, what shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming, the parousia, and of the end of the world? So now we're looking for the context. We found it. Well, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Well, we've been deceived like crazy. We have really been deceived about everything, scripturally. From the day we're born, we're taught wrong about the Bible. And we're not taught at all in some countries. I don't know how you grew up in uh, India. Did you have any curiosity about Jesus? Did you have any teaching, any Bibles in the house? So, that would be so odd to me. It, I wasn't a churchgoer. I didn't go to church. I didn't care about God or Jesus. I, but I knew about him. There was Bibles all over my grandparents' house. I saw a church down every block. 
So it was just part of our culture. I'm not putting your culture down. You've got wonderful culture here in India. I'd love to come visit, probably live there half the year round. You know, the good parts of the year. <laughs> For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for these things shall come to pass. But the end is not yet. Wow. Has he mentioned the gathering together yet? No. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes and diverse places many places and all these things are the beginning of sorrows Paul said do not sorrow well this has not to do with us again now this is how you rightly divide the word this is one of my primary or a primary not mine it's a primary immutable law how to understand the scriptures and we're going to teach this on our up and coming class how to rightly divide the word. The gospels were not written to us, the Christians. They weren't. They couldn't get born again here. There's no gathering together here. There's no seed. There's no redemption. There's no forgiveness of sins yet. So it's not written to us. But that's how you rightly divide the word. So many people say the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are their gospels. They're not. The sin question, the sin issue has been dealt with. It's over with. I don't even think about sin. I never do. Why should I? It's been wiped off the map of my life. There is none. Even though it looks like <laughs> I'm committing some wrong choices, they've been forgiven before I even committed them. People, you got to understand the spiritual between the material. It's a different world. Well, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver to you up to be afflicted, and you shall what? Kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Well, there's a lot of nations, there's a lot of hatred toward the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, the people kind of just mock you. However, the intensity, the rise and expansion of this to the point of killing you, no, that's not here yet. Except when the Muslims beheaded a few. That was sick. It was sick to put it on TV. I'll never forgive the George Bush administration for what he did and Obama. Obama's a Muslim. He ain't no Christian. I don't even know he's a Muslim. I don't care. He's an unbeliever. He has nothing to do with God. He's just a rank, unbelieving devil worshiper. If you want to call in Obama, I'll bait, debate you any day. I don't care. Get sued for defamation of character. <laughs> Obama is a scumbag. Okay. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. 
And because iniquity shall be abound, and the love of many shall wax cold, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Well, now that's in the book of Revelation. You'll see that word endured many, many times in the book of Revelation, but you will not see the word born again. If you endure, if you put it up to the point of death, if you stand and say, God, the one true God is my God, and they kill you, you endured to the end. Okay? But you didn't get, after the rapture, by the way, I'll make it clear, you cannot get born again after the rapture. It's over with. The period of grace is done. That's why these people are called the endured. They are the ones who are saved. And saved means they'll be resurrected with the resurrection of the just. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Well, I just got a remarkable figure. Remarkable. Oh, oh, oh. oh, this is your host, Mystic Guide on Enlightenment Radio. I'm going to remind every one of you out there who have joined us, if you joined us late, there'll be a part two to this, and it will be a podcast if you missed the first half. What a lovely, lovely text there, uh, Ravi. Okay. So, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, and then shall come the end. Well, what does that mean? It sounds like a lot of stuff happens, a lot of ugly stuff happens. Then, even before the end comes, people are going to be saying, end this already, end this world, stop all this madness, stop this craziness, just kill us, get it over with. That's what it's going to be like. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel and the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let him, which be in Judea, flee into the mountains. Well, he's talking to the Jews. Is he not? He didn't say flee to the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> didn't flee to the Himalayas. He's not talking to us. He's talking to the Jews. Let him who is on a housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. You know, leave that old coffee cup, teacup behind. Neither let him who is in the field return back to take his clothes. I mean, this is desperate, people. This means run. Run like hell. And woe unto them who are with child and to them that give suck to those days who are nursing children. But pray that, that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. I don't know why. For then shall be great tribulation. This is what's called the great tribulation. Do we suffer tribulation? Yes. 
Do we overcome it? Yes. But the great tribulation is no one, no one will be able to survive that. So, such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be such a great tribulation. Wow, there's been, been some great ones. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, inasmuch as that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect and people. That's what's happening and will happen to a greater degree. Now, when it says here, there shall arise false Christ. In the expanded Aramaic version, it's there shall be false Christians. And false Christians, there are a world full of them. They're called Trinitarians. They're not Christians, they're Trinitarians. It's not looking, we're not looking for a bunch of false, really, a bunch of false people pretending to be Christ. That, that's just not what he's talking about. He's saying that there shall be a rise, false, fake, phony Christians in the name of the Trinity. The Trinitarians are the false Christians, and there's over two billion of them in the world, if not more. Add the Muslims in there. Add the unbelieving Hindus in there. Add the unbelieving, what's the other religion? <laughs> there's a lot of unbelieving religions. New Agers. Add the unbelieving, lots of people. They're all false Christians. Behold, I have told you before. I don't back down from a Trinitarian anymore. But if you're born again, show me the power. Show me, to prove it to me. If you keep preaching Jesus as God, then you are a Trinitarian. Therefore, I shall say upon you, behold, he is in the desert. Go forth, behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it or not. <laughs> There's a little esoteria from Jesus here. For as the lightning come out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. In other words, he is going to be seen from sky to sky, from horizon to horizon. Nobody's going to miss this event. Nobody. Immediately after the tribulation, oh, wait a minute. Oh, 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 I forgot this verse. This one is a beauty. You know how I know this cannot be the rapture? Look at here. For so, whosoever the carcass is, or wheresoever, 
There shall be the buzzards be gathered together. There's going to be buzzards and dead bodies in the streets around the world, people. Does that sound like something we should comfort ourselves and not sorrow over? No, because we'll be gone. I got to emphasize to you, this he did not know about the rapture. This is all after that rapture. After the rapture, John can say truly, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day is when the Lord comes back and takes revenge on all the unbelievers, and especially the whore of Babylon, which is mentioned in Revelations. The whore of Babylon is the Trinitarian church. That's what it is. The idolatry of the Trinitarian church has roots from heaven down to earth. From the book of Daniel talks about the watchers. The watchers talk about the roots of the sins going up into heaven. And that is the first church to be destroyed, destroyed, is the whore of Babylon, which sits on three rivers. I'm going to get this straight. I got to get this straight. It's in my Bible. I know my Bible. Is it seven hills and three rivers? That's it. Seven hills and three rivers. That's Rome, people. That's Rome, the source, the whore of Babylon. Might as well be Babylon. That's where all these councils and papacies and all of this clergy and all these people came together and said, Jesus is God and there's a trinity and Mary never died and she ascended into heaven without sin and all these lies. Confess your sins to priests and all the abomination of the children, all the pedophilia going on in the church of the Catholic Church. How can you dare walk into a Catholic church today after knowing what you know about what they're doing to our children? There's one word for you, and me and Robbie know what it is. It's called culpable. If you walk into any church with a Trinitarian sign over it, with a Catholic church emblem over it, under the auspices of the Pope and the cardinals and the priests, you are culpable of their sins too. It's as if you raped those children yourselves. Now you stay away. It says in Revelations, do not drink from their cup. If you have communion in the Catholic church, if you have communion in any Trinitarian church, you are culpable. It says you are an abomination. Do not drink from their cup. And it also says in Revelations, separate yourselves from them. Have I done that? I didn't used to. I used to go mamby pamby around. Oh, I'll go to this church. I'll go to that. Well, I have now. I've, I, haven't I haven't blinded the door of a Trinitarian church in 30 years. They're idolaters. They're godless. Oh, they sing praise. Look at, listen to this song. Oh, I'm son of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. Well, Jesus Christ never had any daughters, you silly goon. You are culpable. And we're going to teach on this culpability. Right now, President Vladimir Dr. Evil Putin has kidnapped, abducted 40,000 children from the Ukrainian families. Do you know who's culpable? Biden, Macron, the leader of India, 
the leader of London, the leader of Canada. What's this wussy-ass name? Excuse my language. I'm sorry, people. This works me up. Robbie, delete that in the podcast. I'm sorry. That's no more thing that works me up. Jesus said, he who harms one of these little ones, better an anchor be hanging around his neck and he's sunk. Better had he never been born, he says. I didn't write the book. Better had he never been born if he hurts one of these little children. Well, where was I? For as lightning cometh, it's going to go around. For whosoever, the car, oh, the buzzards in the street will be eating the bodies. So that's, that's not going to happen before the rapture. Immediately after the tribulation in those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Well, how can we be in the middle of Revelation and still not all of this happened yet? Please. Next week, I'm going to share a few video samples, sound samples of these false prophets teaching how we're in the middle of Revelations. When Revelations, I'm going to say it one more time, cannot even begin. Remember, the parousia has a beginning and an end. The parousia, the beginning of it is the gathering together. That's the only sign that we have that it will start kicking in the book of Revelation. There's not one word in the book of Revelation that has taken place yet. Not one. And yet they teach it every day in the churches, every day on TV, every day on radio. You ought to go through all the podcasts that teach on Revelation and delete them. <laughs> delete them. And then she'll appear in a sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth, <laughs> tribes of the earth, I'm not a tribe of the earth, they shall mourn. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. This is what John means by I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day. You notice in the gathering together, he never set foot on earth, did he? No, sir, never did. That's why it's not part of the revelation. That's not the, he sets foot on earth here. He comes back with, a, with us. We come back with him, by the way. In a flaming, flaming fire. And shall send his messengers, angels, with a great sound of a trumpet. Well, everybody teaches this is the first trumpet. Well, who knows? I don't know. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the end of heaven to the other. I will teach the I will teach, interpret this verse next week in part two. Who are his elect from the four winds? It's not us. I will teach this next week. Part two. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. Remember Jesus walked up to the fig tree before he 
was crucified, tree died, boom, Jesus said it would die. Well, the fig tree represented Israel. It was a people's tree. He was prophesying the death of Israel. They're all dead. They're, the Jews are extinct, people. They're dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. There's not Those people who are occupying Israel, they're not Jews. <laughs> they're the synagogue of Satan. That's what it says in Revelation. The Jews, in Ezekiel 37, God said to, <laughs> this is a good one. I mean, how do you tell me there's a Jew when God says, you see them bones? I think he was talking to Elijah. Ezekiel. And he says, see them bones out there, that whole valley? He says, all of Israel is dead. I didn't write the book. If all of Israel is dead, then why are they teaching us that the Jews are alive and thriving over there in Jerusalem? Because they're, they don't know the scriptures. They don't know the true God. They don't know true anything. Ezekiel, God said, you see them bones? He says, I will breathe into them and then I will restore Israel. I will restore Jerusalem. I will restore it. Man does not restore Israel. And that's a man-made Israel over there. They're not. They are not descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're not. They have no papers. They have no DNA. They have nothing to show that. There's no relationship between Barbara Streisand and Golda Meir. <laughs> Woody Allen and Benjamin Netanyahu. There is no connection. Likewise, when you shall see all these things, did I skip a verse? Now about the parable of the fig tree, you know. When you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Whoa! It is so bad and bleak and dark. The moon is dark. The, the sun is dark. There's buzzards eating bodies in the, in the streets. Women are fleeing to the hills. There's false Christ, false Christians all over, deceiving the world, and yet what? It's still not the end. How bad is it going to get? I don't know. But we're not going to be there. Thank you. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. But in that day and hour knoweth no man. And nobody knows when the gathering is going to happen and the revelation starts. And no, not the angel of heaven, but the Father only. Huh. But as of the days of Noah were, so were the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. You know, marriage has kind of changed now. That's what that means, giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away, all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be in two in the field. One shall be taken, one shall be left. You see 
this is where another misinterpretation comes. They think those who are taken are the ones who are being gathered together. It's just the opposite. Those who are being taken are taken in wrath. That's what the angels are sweeping the four corners are. They're sweeping up the chaff of the wheat, the goats from the sheep. They're separating them. And that means they are taking up those people in wrath. They're going to be at the gathering of the, or the resurrection of the unjust. They're dead. They're going to be thrown in the fire and burnt and crisp. That's who's taken up here. It's not talking about the gathering together, about those taken up. We're talking about buzzards, people, <laughs> taken up. It's just the opposite. Two women shall be grinding in the mill. One shall be taken and one shall be left. The one that's left is the lucky one. She's the one who endured. Watch, therefore, for you know that no, not what our your Lord doth come. This is the Lord's day, people, not the day of Christ. This is the Lord's day, which John said I was in the spirit on that day. But know this, if the good man of the house had known at which, at watch, what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is faithful and wise servant, whom is the Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. And we're about here at the end, yes. Verily I say unto you that ye shall make him ruler over all his goods, but, and if... That evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth is coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord said to that servant, The one that come shall come in a day when he looks not for him, but in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So, that is the summation of Matthew 24, in which so many people are mistaught and misled that they teach that it is the end. Okay? They teach that it is the end. We're coming to the end of our program. This is your mystic guide, your host. I'm not teaching you that you're going to go through weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'm enlightening you to love, light, and peace. You're going to be lifted up. You're going to be gone. Thank God that he's going to take care of us.
a wrap. Enlightenment Radio, see you next week, Tea Party. God bless you all and comfort yourselves. We're going to heaven and hell, all hell cannot stop us. <laughs>